it's another game three disaster. Nothing we can do now. Come back, got to win today before we can win the next one and focus on tomorrow. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. From Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano and Gabriel Birds, one of our sports journalists. And, uh, well, men, uh, here we are again, a 100-plus win Braves team has their backs against the wall in Pennsylvania. A historic season, a historic offense, a team we kind of penciled in for a deep October run is on the brink. And it's kind of unfathomable when you look at the names on this roster and what they've done done over the last seven, eight months. But they need to save their season Thursday, and uh, they got Spencer Strider on the mound. Gabe, it feels like the same series. It feels way too similar, and that's not a good thing for the Braves. But I will say, hey, they're they're at least ahead of uh, the other couple of 100-win teams. You know, Baltimore (laughs) gets swept, the Dodgers get swept. At least, you know, if the Braves go out, they'll at least win a game, right? All right, coming up, we will discuss uh, how in the world we've gotten here again, what happened in that third inning, the pitching decisions, the Bryce Harper problem, the Orlando Arcia quote, what's up with the bats, and how Spencer Strider feels about Game 4, plus the answers to your questions in the Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to the show. Well, we are happy to have you. We're going to do Braves Report podcast after every postseason game, which may or may not be one more. And please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. And Kroger Chef Jr. is back. For those of you that don't know, Kroger Chef Jr. is a guided kids' cooking experience to select Kroger locations where your child will be making a UGA cookie on October the 21st. Each Kroger Chef Jr. is a 30-minute class where your child receives an apron, patch, chef's hat, and UGA cookie cutter, plus a recipe card and holder for just 7 bucks per child. Register your time period today at KrogerChefJr.com. That is KrogerChefJr. Jr. is spelled out, dot com, or click on the link in the show notes. And they're, we're doing the Arizona State cookie the week after, right? Uh, yes. You uh, you can go to Kroger and, and pay them for the privilege of uh, making an Arizona State cookie. And then we've got Valdosta State the next week. Yeah, uh, you know, that's fine. <laughs> so All before right. we get into the story of the game, we need to discuss the story of getting this podcast recorded. And because of our commitment to the show and, and, and our wonderful listeners, which is tens of thousands at this point uh, across, the, across the country, in Braves country, we have soldiered through downtown Philadelphia after midnight, going to three different hotels that Team AJC is staying at because they kicked us out of the press box early uh, at Citizens Bank Park. But we have found a place to plop down and get the show done. And we've got Ken Segura, our columnist, with us. We, he ha- is, we have he is a live mic. studio audience. He's, he's off mic. And, and Doug Robertson, who has decided that this is better than bed for some reason. <laughs> well, so. We're, we're, so we appreciate Doug for enjoying our company <laughs> as much as he does. So that that is that is the level of commitment that we have uh, to get this show done. It's been an adventure, and man, was it an adventure at the bank tonight. Now, Game 3 in 2022 and Game 3 in 2023, the Braves lose both games by eight runs. The number three starter looks great for two innings and then can't make it out of the third. The Phillies score six runs in the third inning in both games. Bryce Harper hits a home run in the third inning in both games. And in both games, the Braves strike out 10 times. It the, the similarities are just eerie. The series, Ranger Suarez and friends win game one in Atlanta. The Braves win game two in some sort of emotional way, though this year was obviously much crazier. They get smoked in game three with the parameters you mentioned, and their season's on the line in game four in the second game in Philly. 
it just feels weirdly way too similar down to the six-run third inning. And it was the exact same thing. It was the pitching plans backfiring. Like and, it was the exact same thing. And Gabe, when when the Phillies get rolling in this place, it's it, for two years in a row now. It's just an unstoppable snowball of power. It's remarkable. It's like they do one good thing, and then immediately it's five or six other good things follow because they feed off their crowd. And it's so cliche to say that. I know everyone. If you're a Braves fan, you have to be rolling your eyes hearing about the Philly crowd. It's like, oh my God, shut up about it. We get it. It's a factor. It they have not won here when it matters. I don't care that they took three out of four here. I, 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 it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It does not matter. They cannot win here when it matters, and that's a problem. And frankly, they haven't even been competitive here. No. And it's really, really crazy for a team that has this pedigree, that's this good with the with just all-stars up and down the lineup, the pitchers that they have. And obviously today was not, you know, Bryce Elder was an all-star, but, you know. Not not quite the same thing. You know, last year Spencer Strider clearly was more injured and they were just trying to push through. This time Bryce Elder just had two good innings and got whooped. And let's start with that pitching and the decision to start Bryce Elder. This is what Snit said before the game. You know, I feel good about this, the the decision that we made. Um, so, you know, like I say, you, you, man, you know, there's a guy that laid it on the line for you for however many starts all year, fought through some adversities as they all do. And, and um, so I'm, I'm happy that he's having this opportunity. And afterwards? Going into the third inning, I thought maybe he'd go five. I mean, he was like, looked like his old self. I mean, the stuff was really good. And, and um, no, I mean, it just kind of went quick. Justin, why was Bryce the guy tonight? Well, Bryce was the guy, I think, because they loved what they saw in the inner squad scrimmage, which was what Snit mentioned. But also, he's pitched in something resembling this environment and has been successful against the Phillies. I mean, you know, four and runs, 10 and two thirds innings. He's been fine against the Phillies uh, in his career. I just think in that spot, AJ Smith Shaver, it might have been a lot for him. And he ends up pitching well until the back to back homers uh, in that final inning. But I think you roll with Bryce as a safe option that, you know, they fit, you know, thought the rest would help. Um, and look, through two innings, he his stuff had induced nine whiffs on 29 pitches. That's not even the swings. That's 29 pitches. His slider, the Phillies had swung seven times, missed five times. Like the stuff was terrific through two innings. Can I just go into the questions that follow, though? I mean, Gabe, we were watching this. And let me preface by saying that Brian Snicker is one of the game's best managers, um, and he's led this team to six straight division titles. Managing is not easy. Second-guessing is easy. But, man, you looked back at that inning, and you even looked at it when it was happening. And we were I was looking with binoculars when, you know, Castellanos hits a home run, when Turner gets on, when there are two men on for Harper. Nobody was warming up. And that that that's what was mystifying to me is they very clearly were trying to get Elder to four or five, and they had nobody warming up. That's the first thing, but I think we've got a bite for that. Yeah, here's Snit explaining what happened, why he did not bring in a lefty face Harper. It, it, it's tough that early, 
to you know blow that and then or to use one of them and then because you're going to get stuck i mean at least probably two more bats having him having to face right handers so you know the right then too just the way bryce was throwing i just i was thinking man you know he was really good and and um the slider was good his change up was good uh, this stuff and it just kind of i don't know i mean it's the third inning of the game and and um a lot with a lot to cover on the back end of it Gabe, fair to second guess what happened in the third? Oh, yeah, very fair. I mean, I say this respectfully, I think it was a screw-up because you have you just have to have – Justin just laid it out. You have to have somebody warming. This is this is every – this is one-game seasons here. Yep. This is not a yep. just a random game against the Marlins in June. No, who cares? Like, you have to be – it's just – it's a screw-up. It is. And your bullpen had five days off and then one yep. day off and then one more day off. I mean, in game one, the Phillies laid the entire blueprint when Ranger Suarez got, you could argue that they took Ranger out way too early. He thought he was taken out too early. You could see him on the broadcast just completely upset with the decision in the dugout having to be talked down by the coaches and his teammates. When he reached an iota of trouble, he was pulled and Rob Thompson had seen enough in Atlanta and was like, you know what? I'm not letting this runaway train that is the Braves at home when they get going. I'm not letting this game spiral. The Braves did not operate with that sense of urgency. And also, the the one question I have is, and Snit later answered this, but what is Brad Hand doing on the roster if not for that spot against Harper? If not for that spot, even against Schwarber when the lineup turned over. Brad Hand, I just thought it was so fitting and just, if you're a Braves fan, brutal to watch that Brad Hand was instead in a six in a five run game in a six one game, an inning later, <laughs> striking out Kyle Schwarber and Trey Turner with a man on third to end the inning and prevent further damage. I there were so many things, and Snit later said that um, it's tough to burn a lefty that early. You'd only had AJ Minter; those spots are going to come around again. But if there's anything that has been beaten into our heads in the last five years of this game, 10 years of this game and the way it's gone. It's that a spot in the third inning can be more important than a spot in the seventh inning. And tonight it was, that was the ball game. They never recovered for context guys. Last time out, we were talking about how they'd matched their largest postseason comeback four runs. They were down five when that inning was over. This was an insurmountable climb because of some of those decisions made in the third inning. Bryce, Har- Bryce Harper hit a mistake pitch out. Like, it was a mistake. It was a slider that was hung. He hit it to the second deck. But you've got to – I just think they had to have a tighter leash on this. And we all looked at it last time out. And when we spoke about this in the pregame lead-up, that, okay, you expect Snit to have a pretty short leash on Alder. Smith Shaver could follow. They've got Tonkin. They've got other guys they can roll into. The bullpen's fresh and rested and everybody's available. And the leash wasn't short. They didn't do it. They assumed because you looked, he looked like he could go five, they didn't have anybody up. It was just a lack of preparation. As Gabe said, it was as good as Snit is, as good as that staff is. It was just a mistake. It was blown. And and honestly, I don't mean to be dramatic, but it could cost them the season. Yeah. And they should have stuck to their plan. Everything and look, again, it didn't play out the way they wanted. Harper ends up homering offhand that right. next time. Yeah, 
And yep. Smith Shaver gives up the homers. Who knows? Maybe you start AJ. He's terrible. We don't know. We can only we can only go off. Maybe the Phillies were just destined to roll in this game and just yeah. pound Braves pitching. But we can only go off of what actually happened. And it does feel like there was an opportunity that they could have just navigated this game better, made mo- made the most of these opportunities, yeah. maybe given themselves more of a chance. But and we're gonna get. I don't mean to get ahead of our little uh, schedule here, but two runs. I know. Uh, they have two homers in this series. The Phillies have eight. You tell me which team tied the MLB record here. When you when you when you lose ten to two, the ten is a problem, but the two is also a problem. You know, it just feels like we're one big hit away. Um, <clears throat> you know, we haven't haven't come up. You know, apart from uh, Riley's homer the other night, Travi had a homer the other night, but um, it just feels like they're making good pitches and, and good times. Um, you, know, you tip that cap to them and, and wait for them to make a mistake, and hopefully we capitalize on it and, and kind of get that momentum, that ball rolling. That's Matt Olson. Oh, by the way, the Braves did lead this game, and they left 11 men on base. And it does exactly feel like last year that no one is getting the big hit except for that eighth inning in game two. Yeah. I mean, that was – that Matt Olson quote, when I heard that, Jay, you dropped it. Uh, your boom mic was there. That's why the audio was so crisp for anybody listening. That's why the audio has been so crisp this series because Jay has been on site. I'm a professional. When I when I listened to that, it honestly could have been from last year's series. <laughs> like, like I heard a lot of these quotes in terms of – and there's not much more they can say. Like, oh, we just haven't gotten the big hit to get us rolling or they've just pitched well or they've made pitches when they needed to. These are all things that we that we have heard um, basically just throughout, you know, since last year's NLDS, in last year's NLDS, I mean. And, I mean, I think it was pretty, it, it was pretty ugly and it was stunning because I'm going to read you guys some numbers that I, I looked up tonight um, about this offense. So they've got, they've got seven runs in the first three games. And they've played a run in only five of the 26 possible innings, right? So I looked this up for context. They only have two homers. They've hit two or more homers in 86 games this season. That was the second most in a season in history behind the 2019 Twins who had 87. And then if you want to go seven runs, they scored at least seven runs in 57 games this season. Like, this is, not only is this, a lack of offense. This is a stunning reversal from what we saw all season. And Gabe, it just feels like I don't know what's going to do it because even last year, the Braves got smoked and the Phillies piled on early. The Braves scored early this year. Sure, you know, Marcelo Zuna left four men on base in the first three innings. They had opportunities to break it open a little more, but I, I don't know. Is it just going to take a home run barrage? I, it, I mean, Gabe, like this, it feels like we're covering the same series and it feels like in game four, the Braves have to hang a four run inning, a five run inning. They have to do something to get out ahead. Well, that's the thing is like you look at something like this, you go, your mind immediately goes to the cliche of the team needs a spark. They had a spark. What was game two? Yeah. <laughs> that was a spark. Yes. The ending, the, the Riley home, all, the whole thing. That was, if that, that sh- everyone's going over, oh, well, they're carrying momentum into Philly. Well, I mean, they got destroyed today. Like they didn't, they were just nowhere close to where they needed to be. Now you go, well, can they, you know, they're going to see probably a bunch of Philly relievers again tomorrow, right? Are you're going to have, they need an inning like what Arizona had 
Arizona hits four solo homers. You can't really just say, oh, well, we just need an inning like that. But they need just something. They need something where you you string some things together and you kind of show you like, yeah, here we go. But they just – they haven't – I trust them to maybe do that at truest. I have not seen them do that here. No, and did did we get lost in reality because of an incredible game two comeback? Now, listen. Even if the Braves are eliminated, we'll think about that game for a long time, and it'll be on a lot of highlight reels in the future because of how it ended, the go-ahead home run, the final play. It was amazing. I've never covered a game like it, never seen a game end like that in you know such a big spot. But the Braves still only ended with four hits. Two of them were home runs. That's probably the recipe you need, but like, it's not like they've been tearing the cover off the ball all series. They've had their moments... But even tonight, I thought, honestly, I thought Acuna's double and Ozzy line in a single right after that. I was like, okay, here's the moment where the Braves just kill Aaron Nola. Like, here's the moment where they just start mashing. And it never happened. It's just they got a couple men on base in the first inning with some soft singles. It didn't happen. And it, it's like they're going to get a good crack at it tomorrow in game four because of Ranger Suarez. But he was... I mean, heck, I mean, he looked terrific. That was the best I've ever seen him in game one in terms of the way he's locating, how his stuff looked. He was getting guys out in front. But they're going to get Ranger Suarez and friends, a host of relievers. Um, Johnny Holstaff is following Ranger Suarez. Uh, They're going to have opportunities, but they just, like, to me, they're chasing a lot. The They're striking out a lot, which they did not do all season. That was the big story is they lowered their strikeout rate to be like top third in baseball. I I don't know. It really just feels like they're going to like something like a five running, a four running, a consistent scoring, like to have only scored in five of 26 possible innings in this series. It's, it's insane. And you could argue if Rob Thompson has a quicker hook, they maybe score in four of those innings, three of those innings, who knows? But I think, this story, as much as the story is Snickers' decisions and how he decided to go with that game, and by the way, again, second guessing is the simplest thing. It's easy to be high and mighty when we're not the ones making the decisions. We're, we saw it backfire, and you know we're judging it in the moment. Whatever, we're not out there doing it. But a big story has to be this offense. This offense could have covered up a lot in this series. We knew these guys had the potential for some sort of deficiencies in this pitching staff, whether it be the back of the rotation, the bullpen, Freed's blister, and not having pitched in a while. The offense, they have an offense that can paint right over that, and it's not happening. The Phillies' offense is doing everything the Braves' offense was supposed to do. They can string together hits. They come up with a big – their MVP comes up and he hits the thing into the second deck. This is all – they're stealing – they were stealing bases, yep. right? I mean, they're doing everything that we expected the Braves to do. You October is hard to predict. I, we we get it. Everyone talks about the randomness. I really felt good about this offense still being reliable. We've seen them against good pitching all year. They've hit good pitching. They they've really hit everybody. They've hit every. Yeah. I mean, of course, they've hit everybody. I really didn't. And Philly deserves a ton of credit. I guess we haven't given them. Yeah, they do. A, a, the, the way that they they knew. They knew they could hang with these guys. It starts mentally. They knew it. I mean, they beat them last year. They're not. The 14-game difference does not tell any story at all. All right, coming up next, Attaboy Gate. What Orlando R.C. and his teammates are saying about his Game 2 celebration, then we'll preview Game 4. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. 
What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, now we've told you about our incredible journey to get this podcast recorded at uh, 1 o'clock in Philadelphia, but we've spent all day since this game ended getting multiple, multiple stories put together, incredible photos, great layout in our e-paper, and there's only one way you can access all of that, and that is become a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. If you have not done so, take advantage of our special offer we got going right now. Six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents gives you everything we have to offer. And the only way you can get access to that is go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. All right, now to the situation involving the shortstop. That's the Phillies fans letting him have it in pregame introductions, and it did not stop there. So let's go ahead and get this out of the way first. Arcia apparently did say something to the effect of boy Harper after the double play. No, just because, I mean, uh, you know, when you win the clubhouse, I was just under the impression that you could say whatever you wanted. So, um, you know, I guess it's just something that was that was reported, you know, um, and just said it. Said. And he admits he didn't expect this to get out. No está supuesto escucharlo, por eso lo estamos celebrando en el clubhouse. Uh, he, he wasn't supposed to hear. That's why we were celebrating. That was why we were uh, talking in the clubhouse. That's Braves interpreter Franco Garcia. And um, yeah, Gabe, nobody denied it. And on the long list of bulletin board material, this wasn't exactly Joe Namath guaranteeing the Super Bowl, but apparently something uh, sparked the Phillies. Yeah, my I have a couple of different thoughts on this. Justin and I have talked a lot about this throughout the day. A lot. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not going to tell anyone else how to do their job. Uh, or how to write. Me personally, if I heard that, I wouldn't have put it out there. Uh, there's other people who would have, and you just have, it's a gray area. You use your judgment, and people are going to have different opinions on it. Me personally, I wouldn't have put it out there. Now, it's out there. Okay, whatever. Like, Braves fans are going, well, this is a non-story. I agreed with them at first. Philly decided to make it a story. Philly wanted it to be a story. Harper, staring him down, wanted it to be a story. So Philly ends up using it as fuel, the proverbial bulletin board material and all that, and it becomes a big thing for them. Well, I mean, that sucks for the Braves, but and people can continue to call it a non-story, but it's a story now, and it's a big part of this series now, just the Philly is able to use it, and that they found another thing to kind of really rally around. Here's what Bryce Harper had to say. I mean, anytime anybody says something, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. Did you enjoy staring him down? Yeah, I mean, I stared right at him. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Gabe in that there are many judgment calls in our jobs that I think people probably don't get an inside look at. I think, and this doesn't make me better than anybody else who does the job, I just think... I view the clubhouse as 
is sort of a player's sanctuary in a way uh, in that like we're there to do our jobs. But a, I, I don't think a comment like that is integral to my job. So there are some things that, you know what, like it still has to be their space. And yes, recorders are around and there's a part of it where I think players need to understand that. But if we want these guys to be candid with us and we want to be around them in their honest moments and their joyful moments and their sad moments and and tell those stories honestly, like we have to build trust with them. And that's not like Orlando Arcia had no idea that something like that was going to get out. And I think there are some people who would say, well, that's on him for not knowing the recorders, you know, recording and for not taking that into account. I just don't think something like that belongs like he's not it, it's sports banter. It's not malicious. And that's not me saying, you know, that Fox Sports, you know, report like it shouldn't have been, in, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody how to do their jobs. I'm just saying that I think there's a part of it where some stuff that's said in the clubhouse stays inside the clubhouse because you want to earn these guys' respect and earn their trust so you you can do the job as, as best as you can. And to add to what Gabe said, doesn't matter if the Braves think it's a non-story. I think it's a non-story. But Bryce Harper and world-class athletes like that, they find any little sliver to extract motivation from, and they're elite at that. And he did. Here's Travis Darno. Orlando's a great person. I mean, he was he was joking around, but it screws it screws all the other reporters and everybody who who comes in here and has been great with us all year. And um, we feel like this is a sanctuary where we come to work every day and, and try to have fun. And, and when things get out, which I'm sure other teams say things as well, it, it's not a good feeling, and it makes nobody wants to be in the clubhouse for for all the people that are good people. I find it kind of funny it's blown up like this because, again, I the Phillies have made it a story. I, I'm with Justin. Like, in my mind, it's not a story, but it becomes one because of the Phillies. He didn't, like – he didn't slap Bryce. He didn't say, F you, Harper. He, he – I mean, come on. We're, we're <laughs> and he didn't so, say it into an open microphone that was in front of his face. Yeah. He, he, I mean, we're really some, – some of the takes on this and some the way it's blown up to me. I mean, this stuff – if this was a different sport, this isn't even blown up like this. I, I think it's kind of a joke that it's been taken like this. But both guys involved in that double play, Harper and Castellanos, hit two home runs tonight. Yeah. I mean – that's really been the separator in this series. The Phillies' best players have played like their best players. The Braves' best players haven't. Acuna gets his first hit tonight. Riley had that home run, but is still kind of struggling to get off the schneid as everybody is. You know, same with Olsen uh, to a degree. It Those two, Harper specifically, I think it's it's almost fun to marvel at. He was this high schooler with expectations through the roof put on him. He was billed as this prodigy, the next great thing, you know, the savior of the Nationals organization, this, that, the other thing. He's lived up to the expectations and exceeded them. And it seems like with this guy, especially since last year, it's postseason moment after moment after moment after moment. He kills the Braves last year. And then he kills the Padres in the NLCS and now he's at it again with a huge NLDS. And he, I mean, he's got three home runs in the series. And I, I, yeah, it's the guy's incredible. All right. 
Now, for Braves fans, there is good news going into game four. The Aces are coming back around. If we can't win one of those two games or, or both of those games with those guys, then you know what? That's, but I feel pretty good about the next two starts that we got. Pretty sure we won two games in a row at some point during the season, so we know it's possible. Um, like I said, you know, we just haven't haven't really gotten the ball rolling offensively. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy how quick something like that can happen. Uh, continue to have our at bats, and we know the the kind of lineup we have. That's Matt Olson and Spencer Strider. It's up to you. Yeah, you know, he's he's built for the moment, so uh, I wouldn't want anybody else out there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's Austin Riley. Gabe, to me, this is a statement game for Strider. We know his talent. We know the strikeouts. But to step up on the road and send this thing back to Atlanta is next-level ace kind of stuff. No question. I mean, this is one of those games that goes on the legacy reel, right? If he he has that type of performance, he steps up, he finally gets this team, and when he does it in Philly, too, where people are booing him and they they can't stand him up here, and that's something that he he can thrive off that, right? They were at, they were asking for him. Yeah, yeah, they're chant they're chanting we want Strider at the end of this game and so if he's a guy he's a guy that they trust in these big moments and then you get it to Max Freed and you know we'll see how Freed looks but you trust Max will always gut it out and give you what he's got so uh it'll be really interesting to see uh if Strider can kind of contain this Philly lineup a little bit. Will Spencer Again. Strider have learned anything from facing the Phillies a second time around? I feel like I faced the Phillies so many times that it, it kind of comes up but um, and with any team, it's the same. I think you just um, you stick to your strengths, and uh, there's sort of an element of randomness that that um, I think makes it difficult to to look too heavily on past outings or past performances, just because you don't you don't know what's going to happen. And certainly in the postseason, um, you know a lot of that strategy and and uh, game planning goes out the window, and you just got to go compete and uh, find a way to to get the job done. And so that's that's really all that that I'm focused on doing is just competing as, as well as I can and and uh, putting us in a position to win the game. You expect any any adjustments from Strider, any changes, any, any changes from Suarez? No, I don't um, because both guys, what they did work for him. Spencer's big problem would be if he got out of his strengths. Dude's got electric stuff like use it, throw it, attack, stick to your strengths. Like if he does that, he will be fine. He will pitch well. To me, it's pretty simple. If the Braves win this game, they win the series. I think if it goes back to Atlanta, there's no way the Phillies are beating them in Atlanta. This Braves team does have something special to them, I think. I think they would pull that one out in Atlanta. Um, I I don't know, man. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough game for because that environment, because the Phillies offense is clicking right now. You know, it, I, in the game, by the way, now just in the last 20 minutes is now at 8 p.m. Uh, so it will be a full night game, which tends to make things crazier um, for crowds. I don't think Strider changes anything. Stick to his strength. Do what he what worked for him. Suarez, I think same thing. He pitched so well that, I mean, the Braves will have seen him and, you know, they'll make adjustments or he might make a couple. But I don't really think, you know, I, I think everything was pretty much working for him. And he probably would have liked to go deeper. So that's probably the only thing he's got to try to do is not get pulled after, you know, three good innings. So I... It will be fascinating to to see the aces, but I, I mean, I you know, in terms of Spencer Strider, but I think if he gets this one back to Atlanta, Braves win, and for me, it's as simple as that. All right, time for a quick rapid-fire edition of our Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter by about 200 at Justin C. Toscano. Yeah. Not quite the record, but close. No, mentions were pretty high, but uh, first up from at Ricky Torres 13. 
who will start game one of the NLCS because Braves in five. See? There you go. There you go. Um, let me go with if they win, it would be Monday, right? It would. Okay. Um, Smith Schauber at home. There, there will have to be some discussions that the Braves survive this series on uh, how they're going to find four starting pitchers for the next two. But yes. we'll deal with that later. Next up from Anna Huffstutter. Do you think there was a point where Snitker decided to just focus on tomorrow? Was it when the score was 6-1? to one? I feel like we took our foot off the gas after that inning because of the pitching decisions made. Yeah, you always try to keep it there. But I think he saw that as a perfect spot to get Smith Schauber in. I... I didn't agree with putting Tonkin in in that spot he did after Elder, but he said it was because he's the guy who gets loose the fastest. Like, I guess that makes sense. I do think, yeah, once it's 6-1, you try your best to keep it there, but you're not going to use – I mean, it's not an elimination game, so you're not going to use Minter and Pierce Johnson. And, like, yeah, there, there's a point where he was like, okay, I need these guys at their best for tomorrow. All right, next up from Ryan. The players love Snitker, and I assume part of that is his loyalty and that he sticks with his guys. But how do you balance or see that when his loyalty can be to a fault like it was tonight with Elder? And see Ken Segura's column. Yeah. No, and that that's the one thing is his loyalty to Tonkin um, and to certain guys. I mean, it it hurt tonight. Uh, he's basically thrived off that. The Braves feed off of it. But we always talk about feel and managing a game and how we would like to see that more in baseball. This was feel and it just didn't work out you know what like you could tell you could tell the game wasn't scripted because had it been probably more scripted they probably would have gotten elder out of there way quicker i mean i think he was going off the field um and then they got punched in the mouth and couldn't really adjust but i i, I just think he's a great manager there's never been a there's never been a manager who manages his bullpen well like to fans like that has never existed i'm gonna jump in here just to say yeah Snit is great. They won the World Series a couple of years ago. He's one of the best managers in this team's history. Even Bruce Bochy has made mistakes with guys. Tonight was a mistake. It happens. All right, next up from Christo K. Murph or Travis Darno tomorrow? Catcher being an issue is such a surprise after the start of the season. You know what? I think Murph for Strider because you, you made it this far. Although the TDA postseason home run thing might – might make me change my mind. I would think hard about that, but I think uh, elimination game, I go Murph, especially with the ability to perhaps shut down the running game more and, you know, with Strider's mechanics not being as quick. From John Schiller, when do we start talking about pinch hitting for Michael Harris? He's batted 071 last postseason and exactly 000 this postseason. Never, because I don't want his defense out of there at all. He uh, saved at least one run. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I think, and I think he, he can put a charge into a ball, but. Yes, he did ground out to first three times tonight. And last from Jay Thornbuckle, glass half full. We would have all accepted a split in Philly. If true, when in game four, is preferable to game three to have momentum coming home. If you're going to lose game three, it's better to be crushed rather than an emotional nail-biter that tacks the pin. Bring on Strider in game four. He had no question there, but he makes a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? The Phillies actually turned that on their he- on its head. Nick Castellanos had a quote that that Gabe sent me from tonight, basically saying that, you know what, like it was awesome that we lost game two in that fashion, because if we would have just like if he would have just gotten back to the bag and then we lost after that and it wasn't too emotional, he basically saying that this forced them to respond. So I don't know. But yes, I tend to think, you know what, get smoked in game three, flush it, come out in game four, don't have anything linger. Um, But last year 
we saw it. Like they come out in game four, they just look checked out. Like they just the Phillies got up early and the Braves were done. So, you know, you gotta you gotta come out strong. Anybody wanna make a prediction for tomorrow night? Or tonight? Or whatever it is? Uh, you know what? I said Braves in five at the beginning of the series. I may I hope this isn't recency bias because I'm always swung on momentum on these podcasts, but I, I don't know that the Phillies let this get back to Atlanta. They just look too good right now. I had uh, Braves in four. That won't be happening. I also had Dodgers in four, which which is not going to be no, happening, not either. happening either. Uh, uh, I can't pick the Braves here until they until I see them win here. Yeah, I mean it really is. It really is that simple. Like this, this is just a ridiculous postseason environment, and the Braves have just not looked up to it these last two years. Maybe they will. Maybe they will this time. We'll see. They've got tons of guys who have experience in the biggest games, the biggest moments, the best environments. They can do this. They're not going to look wide-eyed out there. They're not going to be intimidated. It's not intimidation that has made this such a tough place to play. They just need to keep this game within hand and give themselves a chance because through three games here in the last couple of years, they haven't even given themselves a chance. Like they just need to stay close and, you know, maybe something happens and they're a great team. They've got guys, you know, they're full of roster, full of guys who have been in these spots. They can they can do it. I just I'm with you, Gabe. I need to see it first. Doug, anything to add? Doug has nothing to add. All right, we're going to go home now. So we'll see you after game four. Please. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, help us spread the word, rate, review, follow, share, subscribe. We'll see you after every postseason game as Justin finishes off his Hershey bar. And make sure you listen to Southern Fried Soccer with Doug Robertson here on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.